on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the Front Lines social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week. You know, you've probably picked up on it. We've been doing this series on revival, and it wasn't planned. It was this, the, these shows keep coming up with this revival theme. So many of us are feeling in the spirit that we are building towards something big. Even as I say it, I'm getting the goosebumps, and I pray Holy Spirit is moving on you right where you are because you're part of what God wants to do. But on today's show, we're going to have my special guest. I heard him share a message that I thought would be perfect for what has become a revival series. And you're going to hear about the relationship of revival. But just before we get into that, I've got a quick announcement for you. You guys may be sick of hearing me say it, but I'm going to remind you over and over again because it's one of the ways we can serve you. Don't forget to go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and subscribe. We're trying to build our subscriber base there, and you guys have been responding. Thank you so much, because we know as we send out all these videos and the different content that we're sharing with you, as the week goes on on traditional social media platforms, it gets pushed further and further down. It's harder for you to find those shows that really ministered to you or blessed you or encouraged you, or for you to share them with others. So you can find all of them. All of our Heroes Arise, our Propel shows, the shows I do with God TV, our new series, Ask Robert, where you can ask me any question you want. That's all on my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. And if you go there today and subscribe, you'll be notified every time we upload new content for you. Same with the Heroes Arise podcast. Whether you listen to podcasts on the Apple podcast platform, Spotify, Google platform, whatever it is, Podbean, whatever it is, Heroes Arise with Robert Hodgkin is there, and you can now listen to Heroes Arise, the podcast, wherever you are through any of those platforms. So please go there, like, subscribe, share. You end up being our marketing department. You help us reach other Christians out there just like you who are part of God's solution. So like, share, subscribe, do all that great stuff on the YouTube channel with the podcast, um, uh, uh, public Facebook page. I think I'm on just about everything. Instagram, Rumble, Parlor, Gab. I did take a bit of a Twitter break. I needed, I needed a Twitter break. I don't know about you, but I needed one after the election. I may get back on there, but other than Twitter, I'm on all the usual social media platforms, and I'd love to meet you there. Okay, let's get into this week's topic, the relationship of revival with my very special guest, my pastor, Dustin Williams. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, Dustin, as I share with the audience, I wanted to do this show with you because I came in a couple Sundays ago and got to hear you preach. And you did this, this, this message on 
revival. And because here at Shiloh, we're believing, we're, we're knowing revival is coming. Mm -hmm. And I thought you had a great take on it. You started off with how desperately we need revival, which we know. We need it in the country. We need it in our lives. We need it in, in our finances. We need it in our nation. We need it in much of the church. But what I loved about what you were sharing and how you shared it, to me, it had a slightly different angle on it. What was focused on was really relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's most important because when we talk about revival and some of the shows we've done on revival, I always ask guests this question because I do believe we have a role to play. And then this whole idea comes up of, well, does that mean God's not sovereign? And if it's revival, don't we just wait and God will move? And we need a sovereign move of God and God is sovereign, but as our audience knows, and you guys have heard me share, I think since day six, God has made it clear that he's absolutely sovereign, but part of his sovereign plan is having a people in relationship with him who are his dominion stewards in the earth, who help advance the kingdom in the earth. And when you shared on revival, the food of revival, and all that you shared on, but what hit me over and over again, it was all couched in this idea of relationship, which I think sometimes is missing when we talk about revival and God coming with a sovereign re revival move. Yeah, I think there's a, an element of preparation that goes into uh, seeking revival. Um, and before the show, we were talking a little bit about how in marriage, uh, you don't just decide to go marry your, your wife and that's that. Now, can you do that? You sure can. People do it every day. Vegas is very famous for right, it. Right, right. Um, but uh, when I um, began courting my wife, and um, I, I, I proposed to her, and the, the time between my proposal and the wedding day was really my opportunity to start preparing myself mm. to become a husband. Mm. And so uh, our relationship changed. It got deeper. We had deeper thoughts. Our, we had deeper conversations. Uh, you know, we we were thinking of life together instead of separately. Right. And so, I think when we talk revival, we have to understand there's a relationship that uh, that that is going to go deeper when it comes to our relationship with God, and we want to position ourselves in such a way that we can receive all that God wants to give us through revival. Just like I prepared myself to receive everything I could when it came to marriage with my wife. And so that's really where this came out of, uh, a heart of being ready and prepared and taking those steps to really um, um, receive all that God wants to give me through revival. Well, just talk about marriage. Let's talk about marriage in our nation. Let's talk about marriage in our church. I think it's one of the areas we need revival to hit because I haven't looked at the statistics recently and we have a common friend, Bart Hathaway, who's a wonderful preacher and man of God. He was my pastor for years before um, you and your wife, Heather and Desiree and Francisco were the pastoral team of uh, Shiloh Fellowship, where my church, where I am now. But he, um, he was one of those guys that was always giving me the Barna statistics. He loved that stuff and he'd keep me up to date on it. So I I don't know as of the airing of this show or the filming and then the airing of this show what the actual statistics are, but the last thing I heard was roughly a little over one in a little over half the marriages, both outside and inside of the church, end up in divorce. Mm -hmm. So one of the areas we need revival in is, is marriage. How are we gonna do that? Are we gonna do that by telling people, you shouldn't get divorced, God hates divorce. If you get divorced, God is mad at you. Well, 
A, God isn't mad at you. Yeah. Yes, God doesn't like divorce, but we're not going to get there by making people feel bad about the choices they've made. We're going to get there by showing them a better way. Yeah. And so using you and Heather, and what were you doing as you were preparing for marriage? All the things you were talking about. But one of the things you're also then doing now is preparing as a married couple for getting through hard times. Yeah. I know I've talked with you, I've talked with uh, Francisco. We talked about some stuff when we all were at lunch today because of what Uri and I are going through with this health battle and everything. It brings new dynamics, new challenges to our marriage. So I wanted to talk with brothers who have been through things. Not that I'm, you know, it's not like I was saying, oh, Uri and I, we're gonna, it's, it's but it was like, hey, there are new stresses, there are new strains, there are new dynamics. I wanna talk to people who have been there, who have been through something like that. I want wisdom. That's one of the ways you preparing and continuing to go deeper in relationship in your marriage, you now have wisdom to share in two marriages. This is what we're talking about with revival. The deeper we go into relationship with God, the more we're aware of what God can do, what God wants to do, who God is. And then we can share that with people who may not yet know God or know that God isn't mad at the United States of America. He may not like a lot of what's going on, but he's not mad at us. He poured out all his wrath on his son on all our behalf. So we need people like you who can show up and say, no, I know who my God is. I know what my God is like from relationship. Now I bring that relationship into my expectation, but I'm also modeling and putting on display to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really a matter of, you know, getting into the word and um, knowing that God is a God of love and that he wants the best for our lives. And he's given us promises in the, in, in the word throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, the, the manifestations of those promises. Uh, you know, it, it is a lot like a wedding vow in the sense that, you know, you, you promise each other. And the thing is, is, you know, God is never going to let you down. Now, unfortunately, you brought up the statistics, right? Right. Um, and, and it's so sad that that doesn't change that much in regards to uh, in the church right. as well. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you can point fingers and you can say, well, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. Um, but really when it comes to our relationship with God, we're the problem usually. Yeah. We're the ones that, that haven't positioned ourselves right. in, in the way that, <laughs> that receives all that God wants to give us. He's yeah. already promised us yeah. all these things. And, and really when it comes to revival, God has promised time and time again to revive us. Mm -hmm. And to bring, I mean, even salvation itself, in part, is is a portion of revival. Right. It, you know, you, oh, yeah. you put off the old, you step into the new, you're revived. It's it's yes. you're stepping into salvation. And so, you know, the the word of God is all about that. God wants to revive us. He wants to revive our church. And when I look at the condition of our nation, I look at the condition of our families, uh, our health, all those different things. We need revival. Mm -hmm. We need God's touch. We need his hand on our life. And so, you know, I've seen uh, people get healed instantly of crazy yep. things. Yep. And I've seen people not get healed right away, but progressively right. because they've had to put in the time and they've had to put in the effort. They've had to prepare themselves to receive healing. You wouldn't believe how many people I've seen get healed once they forgave somebody. Right that had offended them or, you know, once they um, dealt with some of the trauma that was going on in their lives. And it's like they deal with that and then boom, they're in position to receive the healing that God had waiting for them. Yeah. They, just had, yeah. they just had to shift a little bit to the left 
And God was like, all right, now, here you go. That's good. One of the things I heard you say in your message that I really liked was, as believers, our only sustainable hope is and should be Jesus. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, we need to go after a deeper relationship with him. One of the things I really liked about that is I so agree with you knowing that he's our hope, knowing that he's there, knowing that he cares, knowing that he's done all, won all, and given all, we go after deeper relationship. We don't go after deeper relationship to get something from him we don't have. We go after deeper relationship to go more fully into all that he is and all that he's given. And really, that's what revival is about. If we don't understand it's all about relationship, that everything he is is about relationship, everything he did is about relationship, mm-hmm. then we get into this, this, this sense of when we're crying out for revival that we're begging for something mm-hmm. as opposed to going into what he has for us. You, you named four things that were about going after deeper relationship with him. You said, number one, we need to get rid of all sin. Number two, we need to deal with all offense. Number three, we need to forgive. And number four, we need to walk in power that was given to us through Holy Spirit. And as I went through this, thinking about this from the, maybe the average believer, um, uh, uh, standpoint in their mind, um, or, but definitely from the world who don't yet know him, if we don't get this is all about revival dust, and then it sounds like we're trying to earn something. Well, here's how you earn revival. You get rid of all sin. Stop being bad. Got to deal with all offense. Don't you dare have offense in your heart or God shall smite thee. We need to forgive because you are only forgiven as you forgive. So if you haven't forgiven, now God has a reason again to smite thee. Mm-hmm. We so often look at God like this angry dad that can't wait to ground us and take our privileges away when just the opposite is true we have the most we have the most loving father who gave everything through his son when we weren't in relationship with him when we were in relationship with darkness and death when we were in relationship with sin and unrighteousness when we were when i was mocking him and mocking his church he gave everything for me. Yeah. How much more would I not believe? I don't have to beg him for revival. I simply have to say, Lord, how do you lead me into revival? And here it is. It's through relationship. Because yeah. what is getting rid of all sin? That's not cleaning ourselves up so that we are acceptable to God and he'll give us a cookie. Yeah. That is allowing God to show us who we truly are, the very righteousness of God in Christ, so that we can operate fully in all that we are. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be the best son that I can be to God. And so what does that mean? It it doesn't mean that I do a bunch of religious rituals in order to get uh, my badge of sonship from God. It means that I choose to refine the the rough edges in my life, the carnal nature, so to speak, constantly, because I want to get to a place where, where that no longer is a concern and that God is everything. Because whether we like it or not, we are going to battle this, our flesh. And, you know, we have, you know, a lot of people think of, of sin in terms of, oh, this is a big sin and this right. is a little sin. Right. And no matter how much we talk about it, even as ministers, we still go back to this graph. Like there's a chart like, okay, there's a certain point where this is a really bad sin and this is a really little sin. And it's like, no, sin is sin. And I want to get rid of all of it. Mm. Uh, will I be able to do it? I'm going to do my, my best to do it I, because when I step into eternity, when I get to meet my father, I'm going to be like, Dad, look, 
I did everything I could for you. Yeah. And I, I tried to live my life in such a way that, that it was the best example for my family, yeah. that it was the best example for my church. It was the best example for my community because that is my love for the Father. Yeah. It's, it's not because of a religious um, regiment in order to get something from God. I just want, I just want God to uh, be... Uh, shown who he really is to this world and that's a perfect loving father yeah so yeah you know going through these four points getting rid of all sin dealing with offense needing to forgive and walking in the power of the holy spirit i think most believers even believers who like have a grid for this you know the traditional charismatic church when we think of revival we really only think of that last one yeah. We think maybe of people getting saved, but we really think about moving in power. But what I liked about everything you've been sharing and everything you shared in that message that I heard, again, it's all this thing of relationship, relationship, relationship. Going back to what you were saying about comparing this to marriage, like get rid of all sin. Let's put it in regards to marriage. I don't not cheat on my wife to earn marriage. Mm -hmm. I don't cheat on my wife because we are married. I don't cheat on my wife because I want to honor her and I want to honor God in my marriage. So not cheating on my wife doesn't earn me marriage, doesn't even earn, it, it, it's, it's the acknowledgement of I'm blessed to be a husband. Yeah. Good days, bad days, challenging days, days when I'm head over heels in love with my wife, days when we need grace for one another. Yeah. I don't cheat on her not to get something I don't have, but to fully inhabit what I do have. Same with how you talked about as we prepare for revival, it's important that we deal with all offense or we need to forgive. Both of those things are foundational to relationship. We were talking before filming about like our friendship. If I had an offense with you or I, 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 I would need, I would want to deal with it. If, if there was something between us, I would want to forgive you. Why? Because I value relationship with you. Yeah. Now, if I'm not willing to deal with offense and I'm not willing to forgive, one of the things I need to look at, if I find it easier to walk away from somebody than to deal with offense or to forgive them, I need to get real and say, I don't really value this relationship. Yeah. But then there's a whole nother level. You want to talk about revival? Let's get real. There are probably people, you know, you're out at the shops and somebody does something silly. Um, I'm probably not going to go and clean things up with them um, because we don't really have relationship. But if I know I've responded wrong in my heart, even if they don't know, well, there's, a, there's always another person in any relationship we're involved in yeah. as a Christian, God, because yeah. God is in us. God is there. God, if, if you and I had a problem, I'd want to clean it up because you matter to me. But let's say you didn't matter to me. I'd still want to clean it up because God matters to me. Because here's the truth. God loves you. You're God's friend. Even the worst sinner out there that does something that upsets you or offends you, it's important that we forgive them in our heart because they might not yet know God, but God knows them. Yeah. So we want to win the lost. We better be willing to forgive the lost. Yeah. We want to win the lost. We better be willing to deal with some offenses when they. I remember um, ministering in Thailand for six years, going into one of the international destinations of sex tourism, and ministering to the women in the brothels, women in uh, the the the, uh, the sex customers out on the streets. The um, there was a lot of offensive things going on. Yeah. But every single day, I had to remember. Wait, God loves this person. 
God brought me all the way from Phoenix, Arizona to meet this person, to care about this person, to share him with this person. To me, that's what getting rid of all sin, dealing with offense, forgiving those we need to forgive, because it's all about valuing relationship, which makes it easier to step into revival. Yeah, and you know, uh, being a pastor, I've almost been a pastor now for 20 years, which is just crazy to me because I still don't feel old enough to be a dad sometimes. Uh, even though I've got an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old and a 6-year-old, um, you know, because as your body ages, you don't always feel it in your mind. You still feel like you're 20, 25, you know, years yeah. old. And so, um, you know, being in the church, being in, in ministry for 20 years and seeing um, what are some of the things that we struggle with inside of even the faith community, um, let's just be real and let's be honest. Um, nobody's perfect. Right. And um, we've got to we've got to be we've got to realize that there is sin in Christians, and so you know again going back big sin little sin it doesn't matter sin is sin and it's gonna it's gonna hold you back from everything that God wants to give you. Now I'm not talking about your salvation. If you've given your life to Jesus, you know Jesus loves you. Your life is His, but ongoing. I want to position myself to yeah. receive all that, all that God wants to give me. And I know that sin in my life will hold me back from some of those things. Right. I think of the woman who was caught in adultery. Yeah. Um, because we all know the story. And he says, hey, all right, fine. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. And he goes back to doodling in the dirt and looks up. And, they, and he said, where did everybody go? And so they left. And he said, well, I'm not going to condemn you either. Now go forth and sin no more. And I think sometimes we miss that... First he says, well, I'm not going to condemn you. Then he says, now go forth and sin no more. He doesn't say, go forth and sin no more, and if you clean your act up, I won't condemn you. He's saying, no, you're totally forgiven. Now, why does he follow that up with, now go forth and sin no more? Is he saying, in forgiving you, I am setting up a performance paradigm. Don't make me regret this. That's not at all what he's saying. He's saying, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here for a relationship. Yeah. What was her sin? Looking for love in all the wrong places, all the wrong ways. What did he do? He gave her real love. Yeah. He said, look, here's what you want. Real love, real relationship. That's what I'm here to give you. Now, within that, you don't need to sin anymore. That's the only thing I want to wake you up to. Other than I love you and I've given everything for you, I want you to realize you don't have to do that stuff anymore. You've, like our, our dear friend Patricia King says in um, one of her teachings, it's like once you've eaten steak, why would you want to dig through the garbage and eat garbage anymore? He's basically saying, hey, you've been eating garbage because you didn't know anything else. I'm not going to make you feel bad about that, but I'm going to give you steak. Yeah. Now go forth and just eat steak. And so when you talk about how getting rid of sin, dealing with any offense we have in our heart, I was listening to Joyce Meyer teaching this morning, and I love it because she was like, you know, don't just deal with the offense in your heart. If you realize that somebody is offended with you, reach out to them and try to make it right. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a wrong, th wrong perception on their part, at least reach out and say, yeah. hey, I can tell there's something going on between us. I'd love to talk this through. Yeah. Be why? Because that, when we realize everything God does is about relationship, mm -hmm. he died on the cross, yes, to forgive our sins, but why? So we could be restored to relationship yeah. with him. Then all of a sudden, these things aren't things we have to do to earn something we don't have. They're saying, they're even saying, God, 
I am bringing the kingdom into the earth as a revivalist in how I choose to live my life. That's how we're making place for revival. We're not earning a revival by doing that. We're actually carving out a realm of revival by saying, I'm going to live my life according to kingdom principles in every area, including moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's such a good, that's such a good point because so just the other day, we've at church, we've been doing 50 days of prayer till Pentecost. So we started last month and every, every day meeting together and praying for an hour for revival, mm. specifically for revival. And uh, the other day, I got, I got a chance to lead. And so I just asked the room, I said, um, what do you want out of revival? What do you want out of revival? How do you see it going? What are you expecting? And uh, I got so many different answers, you know, uh, healing, manifestations. Um, I got um, uh, salvations, you know, radical salvations and uh, Holy Spirit just being poured out. Mm -hmm. all, all the things that, that I hunger for, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I said, yes, that's exactly what we want. But understand, this is a byproduct. Mm. This is a byproduct of Jesus pouring out his heart. Wow. Of the Holy Spirit pouring out his heart. Of God pouring out his mm. heart on us. That is the byproduct, is the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So um, when I think about revival, I've had the opportunity to actually be a part of two different revivals in my life. Uh, I was a young kid both times. Um, within one of those, I was called to the ministry. Mm. And uh, so I, I know what revival has done for me. It's transformed me and changed me. And I'm so hungry to be transformed and changed even more. Mm. And I want that for everybody I care about. I want that for my church. Mm. I want that for my city. I want that for my kids and my wife and my family. I want it for everyone. And so why wouldn't I want to position myself yeah. in such a way? Yeah. Why, wouldn't, why wouldn't we want to position ourselves in such a way to receive all that God has for us to be yeah. transformed? Well, and that was a big part of the message I heard you share that you called revival food because you were saying how we need revival, our church needs revival, our nation needs revival, but also you were pointing out that this is what God has for us. It's what he's promised us, whether it's Second yeah. Chronicles 7, 14, or, mm -hmm. you know, fill in the blank. One of the great revival scriptures to me, I don't often hear it, in, 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 in framed with revival, but to me it's maybe the greatest revival scripture there is, John 10.10, 10, yeah. wherever the enemy comes to steal, kill, devour, and destroy, Jesus is saying, I have come so that you might have a life and have it in abundance. That's revival. Yeah. You know, where's the enemy stealing and killing and devouring and destroying? Right now in my family, we're overcoming an attack of cancer on my wife. Mm -hmm. He's stealing health and strength. Jesus is revival. What does he promise? Well, if the enemy's stealing life, health, and strength, I have it for you in abundance. Right now in our nation, the enemy is stealing reverence and awe and respect for God, his word, his will, his way. What does Jesus have for us? An abundance of those good things. Yeah. So I loved how you were saying we need to understand we desperately need revival, yeah. but that's what God has for us. And then you couched it in this whole idea of, and this is what made me think about the relationship aspect of revival, is you said, we got to get, we have a really good father. Mm -hmm. So if we need a fish, he's going to give us a fish, not a snake. Yeah. If we need revival, well, he wants to feed it to us more than we want to eat of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he's got it ready, and it's going to be good, right? And, um, you know, I, 
when I was talking about it and relating it to food, you know, you have nutritious food and you have food that's bad for you. Mm. And uh, sometimes the food that you think is good is bad for you. And what God wants to give us is, is, is pure. It's yeah. good. And it's going to build up our spirits. It's going to build us up in our faith. It's going to build all those things. And, uh, you know, one of the things I tried to equate or, or communicate, and I hope I did it well, was if, if you are about to get up and run a marathon, um, you certainly can get up and go run a marathon. But if you have not trained and prepared for that marathon, you're not going to have the outcome that you want. Um, and so I think those are, those are important things to remember in regards to revival is uh, when revival comes, you, some people are going to be ready for it. Some won't. It's going to come. All are going to get blessed. But I want everything that God wants to, to give me, to give me, to pour out on me, to do through me. I want, I want it all. I want to see it all. And so I want to prepare myself in such a way I want to eat. I want to eat that pure food. I want to get ready yeah. for what He wants to give me. And so, uh, you know, the heart of the message was uh, was position yourself. Yes. And the way you position yourself is make sure your heart's in a good place. Make sure you're taking a a um, uh, you know looking at your soul and seeing, okay, how is my soul? Is my soul healthy right now? Do I have some soul wounds that I need to get mm. get healed? Um, what are some things that I can do practically and supernaturally to get in a place to receive all that God has for me? And you shared a few things that we can do. Number one was to explore what God wants to do. And again, one of the things I loved about that is exploring what God wants to do is, is exploring relationship. Yeah. You mentioned when you were um, dating Heather uh, or courting her for marriage. It was the same with Uri and I. What, what do you do when you're courting someone? You're getting to know them. Yeah. What what are your favorite things? What do you want to do? I mean, we'll even we'll even still do that. Like, hey, honey, what do you want to do tonight? Yeah. Well, again, if we start approaching God that way, and we we stop thinking about this of, oh God, we desperately need revival, which we do, but we stop thinking it is something we have to beg Him for, mm -hmm. and we realize the way we do this is by going deeper into our relationship with Him. Well, of course, we're going to say, God. Tell us about what you want to do. Moses, in Exodus 33, uh, 33 I can't remember where it is, but in, in Exodus 33, God, show me your ways that I might know you better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and really, that, that comes, and I love the way you put it, because you explained it so much better than, than what I preached it. So that, that's great. But really dreaming with God, like, God, um, I desperately want revival, and I know you want to give it to us. But let's dream about it. What, mm. How do you want that to look like? Because it's not going to look the way it did over here or the way it, it's looking over, you know, in Africa or wherever revival is breaking out. It's going to be different. It's going to be unique. And God wants to pour down on us. So, so let's explore that with God. Like, God, what do you want to do mm. with it? Um, how do you want to reach the people of this city? How do you want to pour out your spirit? Um, we know it's going to look different. We know it's going to feel different. And so just taking that time to explore and dream with God a little bit, like what what could it what could it be god that's great you and know? again think of it like relationship how often with your spouse when you're dating do you dream about what your future will mm -hmm. look like you know where do you want to live how many kids do you want to have what do you want to do what if we start approaching revival like that with god that's one of my favorite things you did in your message is realize wow 
this is we get to we get to connect with God, connect with His heart, go deeper in relationship, and Lord, and say, Lord, let's dream about our future together in my marriage. Let's dream about our future together in my finances. Let's dream about our future together in the United States of America. What can it look like? Yeah, exactly. One of the other things you mentioned in preparing to step into revival is carrying the revival mantle wherever you go. And our audience knows I love to talk about carving out realms. Carving out realms isn't earning a realm. It's agreeing over and over and over again with what God has given you, and then the substance of our faith helps establish it. So talk a little bit about carrying this revival mantle with you everywhere you go. And he's talking to you. You are a revivalist. You are part of God's plan to bring revival into your family, your region, your nation. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, carrying a mantle, um, you know, we, we look at, uh, we can look at parts of scripture. You know, Elijah carried a mantle and, you know, he was a prophet and, and God had, had, had given him an assignment and he carried that mantle wherever he went. And as he was preparing to leave earth, as, as God was calling him out, he turned to Elisha and said, you know, what, what is something that, that I can give you? And, and he goes, I want a double portion. Mm. I want a double portion, you know, of basically, essentially, your, your call, you know. And that mantle passed on to Elisha, and he was able to walk with that mantle. But we have to realize that a mantle is something that you, uh, that you carry wherever you go. It's, it's the call that God puts on your life. And, and we are literally called to bring Jesus wherever we go. And when we talk about revival and what that looks like, we're called to revive. Yeah. We're called to bring life and bring it more abundantly. And so what does that mean? It means when, when you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit, when you're out and about, you better listen to it because God wants to use you. He wants you to walk in that 24-7. Um, I love our pastor here, here at our church, uh, Pastor Francisco. Uh, whenever I go out to eat with him, you know, more times than not, usually he's grabbing right. the waiter right. or the waitress and saying, hey, can I pray with you really quick? I've never heard anybody tell him no. And he just real quick, just a small, quick little prayer. God, we pray blessing yeah. over their life. God, would you, uh, would you show up and would you do miracles and, and all these different things. Sometimes it's very just, you know, I hate to say vanilla, but it, sometimes it's just a blessing. Yeah. And sometimes if we get to know the waiter or waitress, it's very much... God, we're praying for this to, to come to fruition in their life. And uh, that's carrying the mantle. Absolutely. That's carrying the mantle of revival. When we're not ashamed to put ourselves out there in Walmart or, or the parking lot of a restaurant or whatever and just, and just go after God right there. I mean, that's huge. And so, you know, what, what I kind of broke this down to was uh, when uh, the 12 spies went into the garden, uh, they went and they scoped out the promise of God and they carried back the mm. fruit of the promised land mm. and they carried it back with them and they could see that it was good and they could taste that it was good and, and they carried it with them. And so I want to carry Jesus like that so that people can taste and see that God is good in my life. Yeah. Well, again, bringing this back into thinking of it from the aspect of relationship, this 
taking Jesus with us everywhere we go. I love my wife. I like my wife. I'm proud of my wife. When my wife is with me and I'm talking to somebody, I'm going to introduce her and say, oh, this is my wife, Yuri. And I'll probably say something about her that is one of my favorite things about her, to introduce her. Well, when we realize this relationship aspect of revival, this is not a heavy of, so you got to go out and win a soul every single day, or you got to work a miracle every single day. Go out and win a soul every day. Go out and, and work miracles every day. But don't think of it as this heavy have to. Think about what you were saying. I like, it, we, you're carrying the mantle of Jesus. Well, realize we're carrying Jesus. So when we were, when we're out, and why wouldn't we want to introduce our waiter to our dear friend Jesus? Because he's amazing. And, and everybody's going to love him and like him. And if they don't at first, like I remember we do our uh, men's breakfast um, over at the Sunrise Cafe here frequently. And one of the times we were, there was about 12 of us because we were doing a men's event that day and we were um, eating breakfast together first. But the wonderful woman who was helping us, our server, we, I don't remember who asked, but somebody basic, probably Francisco, said, hey, what's going on? And she shared something about her daughter. Yeah. And so we said, would you mind if we pray for her? And she's like, sure. And so all of us at the table start praying for her daughter. We don't make a ruckus. We're not, you know, making sure everybody knows that we're, but we pray for her. Every time I go in there now, Dustin, I will say, hey, how you doing? How's your, she lights up when I ask about her daughter, not just because of the change, but she was in tears that day because we cared enough to ask, cared enough to pray. That's not about how great we are. What did we do? We introduced her to Jesus in that moment. That's what carrying the mantle of revival is about. It's gonna look and feel different for different people. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be different assignments. So you don't have to be all things to all people, but everything Dustin's talking about, dream with God what revival's gonna look like in your life, through your life. Maybe you have a passion to see businesses blessed and turn to Jesus. Then maybe you're a businesswoman or a businessman. Don't just wait for the blessing to come upon your business, decree it, declare it every day, expect it, but then go out and start praying a blessing upon businesses. We did this in Thailand where um, when things, when we felt a lot of resistance, we'd go out and we'd simply go, because over there, they pay the Buddhist monks to bless their business. Yeah. So we, God gave us this strategy, go into all the businesses and say, can we pray a blessing in the name of Jesus? They'd offer us money and we'd say, no, 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 Jesus does this for free. And we'd pray, my favorite version, story of this was one one time when we were doing this, the lady was like, I don't really know that I believe in Jesus. We're like, well, would you mind if we pray a quick blessing? She's like, okay. As we're praying a blessing, six people walk into her shop. They'd not been there all day. She lights up. What did we do? We introduced her to Jesus. Jesus wants to bless yeah. us. So I think it can be that easy. All right. So and the last thing you talked about was walk into the promise. So you, you mentioned carry the promise, carry the mantle, carry him, carry the blessing everywhere we go. How is walking into the promise different from carrying that with us? Well, I think it, it's, it's really about trusting God. And, and so we have these, these promises that he's laid out for us. And we have to, we have to live life <laughs> in such a way that we're walking in those promises. And sometimes you can't just see it. Sometimes it's not natural. But if God said it, he's going to do it. So we've got to walk into it. And so, you know, in regards to revival, uh, I am believing, you know, earlier I had mentioned um, asking people in, in our prayer time, you know, what do they want to see in revival? I'm believing for all those things. But more, more than all of those things, 
I'm believing that as I go deeper with Jesus and I really press into who he is and how he loves us and all those things, uh, we see that full manifestation of that promise. And I mean, I I can tell you the promises that I have already experienced with God are so amazing. I mean, even uh, what I would call a simp- the simple promise of tithe. Mm-hmm. You know, as I have been faithful to God in my tithe, and, you know, it's not out of a duty. It's out of a heart of worship, a heart of love. And as I, as I have done that, as my wife and I have done that, and we've taught our kids to do it, we've seen the manifestation of that, where, there, where there's times where, you know, we don't know where the money has come from, but it came. You know, or, you know, those, those bills are paid for, but they're paid for. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, the Bible promises, this is one area you can test me in yeah. if you don't believe me and see if I'm, I won't pour out on you. And I'm telling you, I've lived it. I continue to live in that. So that's just one little promise. How much more when we start pressing into the promise of revival will we see God show up in awesome, amazing ways? Oh. Dustin, in just a minute, I'm going to have you pray for our audience. But before I do, let them know where they can get more from you because we're posting. I know we stream your messages, uh, Pastor Francisco's messages, on uh, the Shiloh Fellowship Facebook page. So make sure they know how to connect with you there and then anywhere else you want them to know about. Um, yeah, you can also go to DustinWilliams.blog. Um, I, I keep a blog on there. Um, I try to post, you know, a couple times a month just different uh, revelation things that God has given me through his word. You can also find me on Facebook, um, uh, Pastor Dustin Williams, and um, connect with me there. And the Shiloh Fellowship Facebook page. And the Shiloh Fellowship page. All right, my friend, do me a favor. Look into your camera, and as Holy Spirit leads, pray for our audience, because every one of you is a revivalist waiting to happen. What I hope you found out today is that it's as simple as walking in relationship with Jesus and letting Him lead you deeper and deeper into that. Yes. So, Father, right now, I just pray for all of our friends right now that are watching. Lord, that... um, they would experience your love in a real intangible way right now in Jesus' name. Father, if there's any area of doubt in their life, doubt of how much you love them and how much you radically want to use them, God, I pray right now that that would be gone in Jesus' name. And Father, as, as, as they've watched the show and they've been encouraged, Lord, I pray I pray that they would understand that they are the catalyst for revival, that God wants to use them to bring revival to to their church, to their families, to their friends, to their country, to their nation. God, you want to use them. You have chosen them. And so, God, right now, I pray for a boldness to rise up, Lord. Mm -hmm. And, God, that that those dreams that you have planted in their heart, Lord, that they would uh, begin to dream bigger and see see the, the, the manifestation stations that that you want to do through them in regards to revival. And God, I pray for anybody that's dry and weary right now, that has been in a dry place, that has been in a a desert place. And and they're so, they so need a move of God in their life, but they just haven't felt it and they don't know when it's going to come. Father, we know that your promises are yes and amen. And we know that it's coming. And so God, we pray right now for the rain to fall. Wherever they're at, I pray for the rain to fall on their hearts right now in Jesus' name. God, that you would bring uh, revival right now into their hearts, their minds, and their spirit. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Dustin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for being here for this episode of Heroes Arise. We need revival. We need revival in our nation. We need revival in our churches. We need revival in so many places. That means we need you. You are part of God's plan for revival. So go out there and go deeper into your relationship with Jesus. Stand for righteousness. Be wise. Be discerning. Be a hero for the kingdom of God. And I will see you back here again very soon for another episode of Heroes Arise.